Week 2 has come and gone, thanks to a thrilling day of games on Sunday. What information can we take from Weeks 1 and 2 to win more bets in Week 3 and in the future? Several trends are starting to develop thanks to public betting data, and in today's episode of Sharpen the Public, the Happy Hour Sports Boys and I will outline the most important ones. Information you cannot find anywhere else, only here. Is the public continuing to be good at betting the under? Is the public's low confidence in games making a difference? I can promise you right now, there are some trends you cannot miss. I explain it in greater detail in the episode, but you would not believe me if I said when the public is betting a certain way, they've gone 11-0. and 0. That's right, straight perfection. Remember to follow, rate, and share the podcast so each week you never miss these crazy stats. Thank you for checking us out. It's time to sharpen the public. Let's go! Welcome to Sharpen the Public, an NFL and sports gambling podcast made by bettors for bettors. The only place where you can learn to leverage public betting trends to win more bets. I'm your host, DJ Bianco. Years ago, I started tracking public betting trends for every single game in the NFL. I've been tracking how well the public performs when they are more or less confident, tracking how well the Sharps perform when they are more or less confident, tracking how well a team performs when their spread changes throughout a given week. Anything that's publicly available, I track it. I use this historic information to leverage bets that I, and now we, will make in the future. Seeking out trends to find winners is an incredibly exciting topic, and if you've made it this far, I know you're excited too. This is Sharpen the Public. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Sharpen the Public. I'm your host, DJ, here with my two co-hosts, Andy and Rick. How we doing, boys? What's up? What's going on, everybody? So we are back. Yeah. So we are back looking at week two. We're going to look at uh, week three of the NFL. See how the public did. See how the public is trending. Try and find some interesting ways that we can leverage on the information the public gives us and try to find ways to win. So welcome back, right? (laughs) Yeah, Pat or Rick, how how did your weekend go? Weekend was good, man. It was um sat in front of the sat in front of the TV both days. Uh, College football went well. Um, NFL went great. Actually, um, actually, it was a little subpar, but a big parlay ended up cashing, which I'll talk a little bit more about later on the show, but. It was a good weekend as a whole. Some good games, uh, some great comebacks. So looking forward to diving a little bit deeper into that. For sure. Yeah, the games were crazy this week. It's going to be exciting to talk about. Andy, how, how was your weekend? It was good. Uh, went back home, got to see my parents, which is awesome. Uh, had a really good NFL betting weekend, too, until uh, Monday, which I guess is not the weekend. Monday kind of killed my week, too, which is unfortunate. But Sunday as a whole was uh, very good to us, 5-2. and two. Up about a unit and a half. So the only thing that killed it were my beloved teasers, which I think I touched on a little bit too much last podcast. So maybe a little bit less of that this week. We'll see. Yeah, it'll be exciting to explain everyone or tell everyone your your record. So we'll get into that at some point for the, on the on those teasers. I had a good weekend as well. Very busy. Went three and three in the NFL. Got two player props in on Monday that both went or one one and one on those. So tweeted those out, but. Yeah, it was a fun one. Crazy games and excited to talk about it. So I do want to start off this by kind of explaining to you guys and everyone listening how the public did last week. And I think that's kind of what we're going to do consistently moving forward on the show. Kind of start from there, see some trends and talk about it. So I'll explain. So in week two, remember in week one, public went 6-10-1. and they went, ended up going eight, seven, and one this week. The overs went three and eight. The unders went three and two. 
the money percentage went 10 and five, and then the sharp percentage also went 10 and five. So some pretty clear improvements, I'd say, from last week, and, and trends are starting to to form. And before I get your guys' reactions, I'll, I'll also explain the to-date record. So today, uh, like totals to date, the public is 14 and 17, just, just with pure betting. They are 7 and 15 when they bet the over, 7 and 3 when they bet the under, 18 and 13 when they bet for the money percentage, and then 19 and 12 on sharps. So I'll open it up to you guys. What do you guys, what do you guys see from that? My, my first takeaway is the unders. I know we went four and one last week as a public unders, and again this week three and two. It seems like whenever the public wants to go under, it isn't often, but when they do, it, it tends to be cash. And the Sharps are having a good year so far this, this season as well. So 19 and 12, is, if that's right. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's good there. Uh, something to continue the trend. I like following the um, the money rather than the public. So Yeah, I was also fascinated by the unders. There's like six or seven games this week with a total of 42 or less. So I'm interested to see what the splits are on those because I think that, like we talked about last week, there's some people that do see that low under and they get really intrigued by it. They're like, oh yeah, if it's that low, then it's going to go under and, and the trends are not that great against that. So with how low some of these numbers are, be interested to see what the, what the trends look like in that regard as well as who's betting on what and for how much. Yeah, I think last week we said that the, when the under is below 42 or 39 and a half or something like that, it was, they were 53%. So something to keep in mind as low unders do more often hit as an over. Yeah, you're about right. If anything, anything lower than 39 and a half. So anything below 40, the over actually hits at a 53.8% clip and anything 55 and higher. So really the, the extreme. Great. Yeah. It was pretty clear to me watching the games that a lot of these games were going to go under. It really didn't seem like a lot of points were, 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 going to be seen in any game unluckily i was on the lions and commanders game i had the under because my my reasoning was it moved from the 44 and a half to 48 and a half and i didn't like that i didn't think vegas would be so wrong and there was so much money in the over and we've seen in these trends like last week the over went three and eight so clearly i was just on i was on that wrong wrong side of it but to me and exciting to to explain to everyone that there there is a lot to see in these trends and finding plays just just from looking at this is exciting because if you just took the opposite of what the public bet on just the over you would have went eight and three won a good bit of money or if you just took the money percentage 10 and five i mean there's a lot to take from all of this agreed for sure another thing i do want to touch on so some trends within these trends that i find fascinating that you guys are also gonna love to hear so the trend within the trend is yeah, that a segment trend the trend <laughs> could be <laughs> We can make it that it's our own show, but so at specific confidence intervals is kind of what we're focusing on, right? So between if the, to date for looking at the sharps, so when the money percentage, if you take the money percentage minus the public percentage, for those of you who don't know, that's the sharp percentage. And I'll give another example as we were doing last week. So like in the Jets and Browns game this week, the, the Jets had 42% of the public. So just the public bets were 42% on the Jets. 65% of their money. So they had a 23% sharp percentage, which is pretty confident. I've tracked to date from week one and week two, we see anything above 15% sharp percentage has gone 11 and 0. Holy shit. <laughs> what? Yep. Which is crazy to me because, I mean, sometimes the you're still going to be under that 50%, so Vegas is still going to be winning. But when the sharps are on a team and they're confident they're 11 and 0 which is it's it's crazy 
Yeah, that's nuts. I did not expect that. Like, that's something that, too, that when you're looking, it's like, so, for example, if, like, the public is on it 60%, but then the Sharp is on it, like, 80%, it's like, okay, I may want to take the other team because all the money and bets is on one side. That type of dynamic would still fit that criteria. And I know that's happened a couple times this season where the public's on one side, but then the Sharp is heavy on another side, and then they, they end up winning. That's that's really surprising to me. And I wonder if we'll see a bit of regression to the mean after that. Yeah, I totally agree. I One thing I am nervous about having seen those trends is knowing when to bet against it because obviously Vegas knows this information, I th- well, at least would assume. And if there's such a glaring trend, I'm scared that they'll 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 figure out how to how to combat it. But eleven and zero is nothing to, to to scoff at, and something we should we need to consider in the next week. Yeah, so that that is one thing that scares me is like we'll go along, maybe we side with this eleven and zero trend here, and then all of a sudden, boom, it goes like zero and three this week, yeah, or some stupid that, shit's gonna happen now. Now that now that we've identified it, <laughs> that's just the superstition to me. There's no stats or or trends to back that. That's just uh, me being a superstitious gambler. No, that's always a possibility and something to consider all the time in sports betting in general. So we'll we'll consider that. But one thing I do want to mention is that in previous years it did come back to the mean. Like in 2019, I have up to three weeks in, um, the sharps ended up at 70 and 74. And in that range that we're talking about, that confidence range, they actually did pretty poorly. So it's important to consider what's happening this year and maybe betters are getting smarter or maybe there will be regression at some point, but stuff to consider. And so I'm excited about this week because there is so much going on or there's so much information that we're building upon each other. And now we're really starting to see some clear trends. So like I just said, 11 and 0, when the Sharps are more than 15% confident, which is crazy in itself, but let's look at another one. So like we've talked about, we've talked about the unders. We know that the, the public is, is pretty consistently good at betting unders. To date, when the public bets on the under, with the more, when the money is on the under, I should say, that goes 11 and 3. When the public money is on the under? Yeah, so when the public money is on the under, it's gone eleven and three to date. Another crazy trend, which if if you just bet the under when the when the money's on the under, odds are to to date you're gonna do well. Yeah, and wasn't the trend last season too? It was like forty five and thirty or something like that. Forty five and twenty nine maybe. Yeah, I don't know the exact number, and I could pull it up later, but it's consistent that the 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 public is good at betting unders and. I was this week. I really wanted to bet most of the unders, but I didn't want my card to be all unders. So it was like a it was a tough it was a tough. I ended up picking the two unders that actually went over over, which is a whole nother thing. But that's just how it goes. This is no perfect perfect science. It's 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 using these trends to to your advantage to find ways to win your bets, and that's what we're doing, trying to provide that information so everyone can have it. But there's always going to be those those times where all this all this information says one way and then the game there's it's 60 to 60 it, it can happen it's, it's the nfl anything can happen amen to that but yeah i do want to talk about some of these games in particular because they were crazy right we had the jets come back we had the dolphins come back and then pat remind me who the, who the other one was jets dolphins and cardinals cardinals yeah they were down 16 in the fourth and came back with two two-point conversions absolutely incredible games this week and our friend Rick, you can tell him about your parlay now. 
Yeah, I had some buddies come over on on Sunday afternoon, and we all picked our favorite money line dog of the day. And so, one had the Jets, one had the Dolphins, and I had the Cardinals. So, after the miracles in both Miami and New York, I think it was in New York, I thought for sure that my leg of the parlay was going to be the one that lost, as they went down twenty to zero. But uh, lo and behold, Kyler Murray worked some magic as he was running around all night, and uh, somehow a plus twenty three hundred parlay cashed. I, I, if you know me, you know that I hate parlays as much as the next guy. Well, I guess not as much as the next guy, because a lot of people love parlays. I, I, I hate parlays as much as, um, as much as anybody, because books know that they are so profitable for the casino. But we said, hey, you know, let's let's throw a little half unit on a fun little money line parlay sprinkle, and I'll be damned if we didn't hit three of the most impossible underdog money. Like we on Monday, part of my take led their show with which like comeback was the best of the year, and it was all three games. It won't happen again. I, I could do that a thousand times again, and it won't it won't hit. But hey, I'll, I'll take a little eleven U sprinkle <laughs> per se. So I thought it was I thought it was funny that. You basically took someone's, probably a lot of people's can't lose parlay, <laughs> and and reversed it. At some point, I mean, if you took the live line for all of those games, it probably would have paid out like a million dollars. Yeah, would have on yeah. like a five dollar bet. <laughs> all of those guys that like all the teams that you had money on in that parlay were at one point like one percent or less chance to win. I feel like. Which is absurd. I'm sure. I'm sure everyone's money line, like favored money line parlays, were just crushed by that. I think it was book it, book it with Trent on Twitter had the exact opposite of our money line parlay. Which fair play to him, he tends to lose. So <laughs> that's on brand for him. But it was it was a crazy week of football. Right. Absolutely incredible, incredible week of football, and it was great to just sit sit there and watch. I want to talk about the Jets game in particular. I, I loved I loved the Jets. I loved the trends that were on the Jets. I said. The public was 42% on Jets, and then they had the money percentage at 65. So very high, high sharp is one of the reasons that I liked them. I thought there was it was a bounce back in a type of in a spot where the public really didn't believe in them. I didn't really believe in the Browns. I thought they kind of handled the Panthers, but the ha- Panthers aren't showing us anything. So I just thought six and a half was too much as well. So glad to see that trending is starting to work into into my bets at least for this year. Did you, would you guys say that? you took into consideration these trends or, and it helped or. Well, I saw Jets and Browns and I said, hell no, I just stayed away. <laughs> but uh, yes, I did. I did have some of the considerations that we talked about in the uh, initial podcast for sure. Yeah. I looked at um, some of the different things that we talked about, including um, those big dogs and underdogs, which actually went 0 and 2. So, and we have none of those that fit the criteria for week three. I can't continue to test that, but <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I loved some of the unders um, this week. I think I ended up going two and one on unders. Um, I do kind of want to talk about some more trends that I, this week, again, I want to reiterate, has given us so much information. We're starting to see some clear trends develop. And it's exciting for me because we can all use this information. It's crazy. So we t- we talked about that that range that the public was really bad in last week. It was the 60 to 70% range. They were 0 and 4. In first week, they ended up going two and one in that in that spot this week. So now they're two and five in that range. So still not great when the public is between sixty to seventy percent confident on a team. And then another very big thing: we know that the the money did pretty well this week. They went ten and five, but in the sixty-five to seventy percent or sixty-five to seventy percent range for the money percentage, 
the money to date is seven and one. So right now, the money's showing showing winners. And if you follow the money, uh, probably following the the bigger backers, the guys with more intel, the guys with more success and more time on their hands, uh, it's probably not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, and along with that, just in this week, the money percentage on the under went eight and two. The sharps percentage on the under. So when you take the you know you take the under percentage of the money minus the under percentage of the public bets went 10 and three. So I'm going to take probably every, every confident under <laughs> this week because it's, in, it, it's just an insane trend and sure there'll be a bounce back at some point, but you got to roll with what's hot. And when you say confident under, you're talking about like what the sharps are on from an under standpoint yes. or. Yes. Okay. Got it's it. also, I also want to note that a lot, of, I take all these lines after the games are played and everything. And I calculate everything. So it's best, in my opinion, to wait as long as possible to see where people are putting their money, where the, sh- the sh- there's a lot of mar- sharp money that comes in late. And it's important to kind of consider those those takes and find those and make sure you get that that information before you make your final decision. Yeah, that's why I'll do my NFL early bets article to try to buy some value early, like if the line is going to move throughout the week. But then it's also important, like on games that you don't want, that you have like a kind of an idea on but not necessarily ready to put some money on it to wait until the final hour like you're saying make sure you have all the information ready the line is fully settled you can look at which way people are going with it stuff like that you have all the information readily available on sunday morning when you're taking a look at the board right yeah and so another thing that we can consider is not just looking at when the public's good a trend is also seeing when the public's bad Right now, the public is seven and fifteen on the over, so I don't know if that, that could just be a testament right now to to games not really scoring a lot of points and everything's typically going under. But that's another trend to consider, especially for the future. Seven and fifteen on the over to to date from the public. Correct from the public, not the money. People just love betting the the over and are not good at it. I get it. We want to see points, and sometimes I mean you'll you'll see two quarterbacks. I mean Philly and Minnesota. I believe the underhit in that game, and that's honestly just a testament to Kirk Cousins just throwing away that game and throwing multiple red zone interceptions. But I think it's easy to see some dynamic players on offense and think, oh, yeah, no, we've got to have an over. And uh, more often than not, the under. Vegas has a good line, and people hammer that over. They end up getting a bad line, especially on that over. So it just that seems to be the consistent trend throughout years is the over is not profitable uh, consistently. In your spots, maybe, but you can probably never go wrong with an under long term. Totally agree, and that's what the trends are showing us, and that's why this information is important. Yeah, I was happy the Eagles were able able to kind of show some dominance in the NFC, and I'm excited for the future of that team. Jalen Hurts looks like the real deal, so getting excited. Yeah, I had my doubts about him at first, but he continues to grow right before our eyes. It's been really impressive. Yeah, and showing up, Jalen Rager on on Monday Night Football. Darius Slay had more catches than him, so Philadelphia was going nuts. That's not also not surprising to Philadelphia fans. You guys <laughs> raved about how much that guy sucked. So yeah, yeah. The, the fact y'all traded him away and actually got something is uh is is good. Yeah, yeah. We do that about a lot of people. Philadelphia is pretty hostile, but uh, we can love a lot of people just as much. So well, if they treat you well, you guys love them. But if they do anything wrong, anything wrong, then it's their neck is up against the guillotine. I wouldn't say anything, but there that's a whole another podcast segment we can have at some point. Philadelphia fans know what we're doing. Disagree, but sure, we'll talk about that another time. (laughs)
Anyway, another, I know that I'm just throwing a bunch of trends at you, but I feel like this is important and you guys can tell me if it's not. That's what we're here for is, I mean, it's called sharpen the public. We're not here to just say, oh, here's three guys and this is what they looked at the board and this is what they want to bet on. Like, no, we're <laughs> going to be looking at trends. We're going to be looking at historical data. That's what this podcast is. So if you're just looking to, uh, to join a Twitter spaces and see what 10 different guys are all placing together and they're going to do a group ride, then you're at the wrong spot. <laughs> yeah, I know Rick really loves that stuff. So I'm I'm a big fan of fading the public. I I have no shame in saying that. I, I'm sorry to you listeners. More than likely, I'm fading you each week, and I hope that in the long term I will profit. So keep doing what you're <laughs> doing. I'll keep doing what I'm doing, and and we'll one of us will make money. <laughs> Double down on that, like DJ, when you said earlier, you were like, I didn't want to bet all the unders. I don't want my entire card to be unders. It's like. Well, damn, if you looked at my college basketball betting last season, you would think all I did was bet unders. <laughs> I mean, I love it. I love it. And people are like, oh, it's so low energy. Like, you're, you're rooting for them not to score. Well, it's like, no, I grew up a Butler basketball fan. Like, we love defense. Yeah, so let me go back to just throwing trends at you. So what I'm seeing, like I said, one thing, rather than just compiling all the data and just talking about fully totals, it's important to acknowledge how confident people are and how, you know, in these ranges. So just looking at totals to date it really seems when you know they're in that 50 to 55 percent range public or money they're not when they're not as confident on things it's really not going their way unless it's an under under is four and one in those spots at 50 to 55 but the over is zero and two the public in general is six and five which is okay money percentage is zero and two in that range and then the sharp percentage so my I have my low total for the sharp percentage is zero to five. Can you clarify on that 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 is like only totals or is that totals and spreads that you're talking about there? So I'm talking about everything. So spreads and totals. Uh, if okay. I say over, I'll say I'll, I'll try and acknowledge over under and everything, but I'll say it again just to be sure. So like in in between the ranges in the the confidence or you know public percentages of fifty to fifty five percent, or when the sharp is zero to five percent. The it seems like having that low confidence is working against people and they're losing. So the spread is six and five. The over is zero and two. The under is four and one. But the under is just godsend this year. Sharps are two and six, and then the money percentage is zero and two. Got it. Yeah, I, I wanted to clarify on that just because I I wasn't entirely sure if that was just totals, but that makes sense because like when you said the only one that is actually winning. And that 50 to 55% range is, is four to one to the under. I think that's an interesting range too, because it's almost like negligible, right? It's like they're like barely leaning one way. Right. So it, the takeaway then is when they are barely leaning that one way, likely you should go the other side because they're not confident. No one's really confident. I guess is likely right. So go the other, just go the other way. And that's something that we can definitely look into for, for future stuff. And again, these numbers are only going to get better and better as we continue to get more and more information. And it, it's so exciting to, to, I keep saying the word exciting, but it's, it's awesome. It's thrilling. It's exhilarating. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be, be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the last trend I want to throw at you guys before we start talking about week three is the only thing I'm seeing for the spread totals, or I'm sorry, the spread data and spread trends and like I said earlier on the first podcast, I do want to start tracking how the over changes, how the total changes. But 
when the spread changes in favor of a team, only a half a point. This is per action, per the action network. That team is six and three. That's the only glaring trend I see from that. So, repeat that one more time. When the spread moves in favor, a half a point. So let me take an example here, like. And just half a point, or like half a point or more. Just a half a point. Okay. So the Vegas is by half. And yeah, when Vegas nearly has the line. Yeah, like they wanted a bit. The team that's favored is six and three, or like it moves in the direction of. So when the public pushes it, so let's say like here you go, the Chargers and the Chiefs game. The Chiefs were minus three when it opened, and then the line moved to minus three and a half. So this this one happened to be a loss, but that's just my example yeah. because the 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 game ended twenty seven to twenty four. Is it only for the team that was in favor, or can it be for the dog too? Like. If a dog only, was plus three and it moved to plus two and a half, like in favor of the dog, that's a good question. It's not the it's not who's the favored. It's when the which direction that the spread is moving. So the spread okay. moved in favor of the Chiefs that game because they yeah. were minus three and now they were minus three and a half. But had the line moved to two and a half, that's in favor of the Chargers. And it still wouldn't have fit because the game finished as a three point game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one Not of the ones game. where yeah, how it just ends at that at that perfect total. Or perfect spread. Interesting. Um, so, well, something to consider as we look in, look again, look into more bets and look into see how trends have changed in the future. But that's the only glaring thing I'm seeing just from the spreads right now. Sure. Yeah. There's been some um, and some early big line movers in three. So I'm excited to see which ones that don't if they end up getting any late push. Um, and then if those ones that have gotten that early line movement end up moving a, le- a little bit back towards where Vegas initially put that line. Because um, I mean, we always are going to get that midweek fluctuation um, away from that Vegas line, but um, I want to see if it ends up reverting back as more and more money, and we get more news about different players and personnel being in and out. Um, to see if Vegas end up getting that line about right. So yeah, I mean that's a lot of the interesting trends that I've seen so far going into week two, and I'm, I'm excited to see where these go. I'm really excited to for you guys to also have these at the palm of your hand. But uh, you can read about a lot of this stuff, too, in my article that I post every week, every weekend, I should say, detailing my picks that I'm going to take based on all the trends I'm seeing. Please reach out to me on Twitter as well if you want to if you want any information, because I'm happy to answer questions. And I have some interesting stuff, obviously, which is why we started the podcast. So look out for that on Saturday and subscribe to the uh, subscribe to the website so you always get notified. But. I think my other thing, just to back up with your article, is that it's 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 a nice little tool to have on hand during those Sunday mornings, like we're talking about, when you're looking at where the line has settled. If the line starts moving right before the game starts, that's another thing to note. Um, just looking at all the news and stuff, and then it's like, okay, now let me pair that with the trends that we talked about on the pod, because you're not going to remember all these. You, even if you took notes or something, like you're not going to remember all this. So it's nice to have everything kind of all together when you're piecing together your plan of attack. This was the only thing I want to add. It's a nice little tool to have while you're placing your bets on Sunday. Yeah, thank you for the shameless plug, Andy. Um, I love that. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, follow my boy, at DJHH Sports on Twitter. There's your other there plug. Is. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Um, the only other thing I had to add, which I thought was pretty interesting, is looking back um, 13 years, favorites in games have one outright at least 60% in every year, but they have 
only gone above 50%, like only one against the spread more times than lost in three of those 13 years. So if you bet the favorites against the spread ATS, favorites ATS are below 50% in 10 of the 13 years, over the past 13 years. Well, wow. okay. that last little clarification there helped me because I, yeah, I was me like, too. <laughs> that, that, that last sentence there was like, oh, okay, I get the point now. Yeah, fa- favorites will win outright, but they, but they more often than not do not cover across the entire year. Um, it, it's in the 40s, like mid 40s, about 45% of the time. Of course so, it is. Why would yeah. it not be closer to as close to 50 as they can get? Because <laughs> we want to bet dogs and overs, baby. Or sorry, favorites <laughs> yeah. and overs. So, so the crack to crack the Vegas code is to just bet every NFL dog and every NFL under. Do it. Yeah, fun, right? Isn't it fun? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a that's a good segue, I think, to go into some trends we're seeing in Week Three and how we can use a lot of this information to bet. Um, so, one team that I really like, just I mean, I, I maybe I'm becoming a Jets fan, but <laughs> said no one ever outside of New York City. Nobody has ever said, even when Mark Sanchez is the quarterback, nobody was just like, you know what? I kind of like the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> I only, I mean, right now, so it's important to note that obviously there's not nearly as many bets as there will be come Sunday. But with, <laughs> with where's the game? With 16,000 bets already in the Action Network, 90% of the public is on the Bengals and 93% of the money is on the Bengals. Like, it just... They're wishing for it, and it's just too much for me. <laughs> I might just, I, even though I don't like it, I might take the Jets again. Yeah, and I'm not going to sit here this week and suggest that you tease that number. I'm, I'm over it. I'm done. I'm zero uh, and four on teasers this season, which is my. Let me see how many losses I have. I have nine losses, so half of my losses this season are on fucking teasers. But five and a half is, even though it's not like a key number there. I guess you pass over th- three, but it's a weird number. Um, which means which means something like we were talking about it uh earlier we were texting each other during the day and it's like vegas is already feeling confident about their stance that there's been thousands of bets placed on the bengals and the line has not moved now it's still wednesday so like let's get past the thursday night football game and get some people even more excited about the the week three slate on sunday and see what happens but that's definitely one to watch it's just like if if this money keeps piling on the Bengals, money and bets. Let me rephrase that. But uh, if, if it keeps piling on and the line stays at five and a half, that is a red flag. That is a Jets bet all the way. The line did open at four and a half, for what it's worth. It, it's moved oh, up to five okay. and a half. But like that move from four and a half to five and a half really isn't like big. Like that's not the same as it moving from two and a half to three or six and a half to seven and a half, right? Like. It's not crossing four that and line, six. There's no key numbers. Yeah. 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 Once you creep up to that seven and seven and a half, then you'll start seeing some people start just slamming. Some sharps will start slamming the jets. Yeah. If it, it is that number. And it, it, it's gotten bigger. And I mean, I, I we touched on it a little bit earlier and I, I see why people are on uh, Cincinnati. If you can get just average, I mean, even just slightly below average play from that offensive line, you got to think that Joe Burrow with Jamar chase and Tyler Boyd and T Higgins, Joe Mixon, that all those weapons uh, will be able to to score some on a Jets defense that, uh, again, has looked good on the defensive front, but is horrible elsewhere. Their pass rush has been decent, which gives me a little bit of pause because obviously that offensive line, but they're tackling right now, according to PFF, bottom 
bottom 10 in the league. Their pass coverage is third or sorry, fourth worst in the league so far. So like, there's too many red flags to bet the Jets, especially at five and a half. If it got towards seven, I'd be thinking Jets a little bit more, but it might be a buy early spot on the Bengals before that line creeps up towards. So I think it will. What do you think if the line's going to end at? I don't think that the line is going to move all the way to seven, but I definitely don't think that the line is going to go all the way back down to five, four and a half. I think that we're going to continue to see Bengals money, especially as we get closer to kickoff with people really backing Joe Burrow, uh, T Higgins and Jamar Chase to be able to exploit that, that bad secondary and that bad linebacker core of, of the Jets. So I, as much as it feels stinky and feels like a trap line, if you're going to get on the Bengals, I'd get in early. Yeah, one thing that I do want to mention that I don't think we've touched on yet is a lot of public money and a lot of the public, the average public better, which is who Vegas is trying to beat, likely doesn't bet earlier in the week. So that's something we should consider for the future and kind of just have in the back of our minds. That's my that's an assumption, obviously, but I think that's true. That's just I'm going to triple down on like that's the information to look at too Sunday morning. Yeah. Make sure like we're talking about this stuff now. The, some of these lines are going to look a little bit different by the time that it's game time. And in part of it, obviously, the podcast is sharpening the public. I want to encourage uh, you guys if you're looking at different lines to be looking at them throughout the week to see where they're moving to take some of these data points that the D just putting out um, and try to use those to your advantage because. The lines do get so sharp by the time of kickoff that it's hard to beat Vegas. But if you can get in early and try to take advantage of some of those lines before they move, that's where you can try to hit some sweet spots in the long term. So uh, hopefully you guys take some tidbits from the podcast and are looking at lines to to sharpen yourself throughout the week. But I know we yeah, all absolutely. get focused on it more towards the weekend. So For sure. That's a great point. I want to make one more point regarding like some of these opening line numbers. I think it's important to note like when that opening line point is because it's become popular over the last couple of years that these sports books start putting out NFL lines in like May just to get people. And, and then you'll see people put out, here's my best bets for week one. And it's like May 20th. <laughs> it's like, really? Are those, are those really your best bets for week one when we've got like four months to go? Or yeah. Yeah. Four months to go. But if you're looking at an opening point line, uh, it, it's it's good to just see when that open was. If it was like on when the games ended on Sunday night from the week before, or if it was truly from all the way back in May. Because there are some books that do, they're like, you know what? We're just going to put lines out for all the games. <laughs> it's like, wow. It, I mean, kudos to them for being able to put in that work to to be able to produce a uh, an angle on every single game. That's impressive. but. Like I'm looking at the like Eagles and Commanders, it says the opening line was a pick'em on Action Network. I don't think that was true for as of Sunday night. Also, Ravens and Patriots was a pick'em according to Action Network. I don't think that was true either. That it was a pick'em. So th- those could be old data points that they're still referencing on some of these websites. Just just something to look out for. I think this is uh, just another yet another educational point. Last point I want to make on the Jets is. The sharp percentage in that game, as I said, is 93 on the money, 90 on the public. So the 3% to the Bengals. One of the points we made earlier was low confidence, sharps, and everything except an under leans the other way. So another point to the to the Jets, and I'm loving the bet even more. <laughs> God, I cannot believe I'm about to put money on the Jets. 
again, if you're putting money on the Jets, wait. That line is not going to get any worse than five and a half. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. Wait. Wait until Sunday. <laughs> wait. Wait. <laughs> yeah, we're going to wait until Sunday to put money on that. Yeah, do not make that an early midweek rip. There are games to do that on. This is not one. Okay, another one that I find interesting game-wise is Andy's good old Colts. I think it's a bounce-back game, even though they're playing the Chiefs. There's there's a couple things that I'm seeing just on today, and I also want to talk about this game because as of right now, it has the most bets that are not the Thursday game. So it's got almost 26,000 bets right now on the Action Network. Chiefs on a have... Wednesday! Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah. That's so many people already betting on this game. <laughs> it's it's yeah, impressive. Um, the Chiefs have 66% of the bets and 52% of the money. So that's in that range, 60 to 70% confident of the public, which is two and five to date. And it's also in that range of confident sharps because 48% of money is on the, uh, is on the Colts, but they only have 34% of the bets, which gives them a 14% differential sharp. So you're almost at that 15% where they're 11 and 0. So I'm liking Magic the Colts. near. The yeah. magic number is near. Here's here's some other quick stats for you. The Colts are 14 and four since 1990 against the Kansas City Chiefs. Two of those losses came in Indy. Two of those came in Kansas City. Yes, of course you're telling me, Andy, you weren't even born in 1990. Why are you providing stats back then? I'm just trying to reassure myself as a Colts fan that we can do this. We can cover the spread here. We're not. I'm not betting the money line. I'm not that much of a homer for my team. I predict this is going to happen if they lose here. I will be all in on Colts next week against the Titans. Any number. I will take any number, and I'll, I'll be on it because they are not going to start 0-3-1. I did think they were going to go 0-3, so them going 0-1-1 so far is a positive trend in the book of Andy. But just wanted to clarify on that, that uh, things are looking better than we thought they were despite the 24-0 loss to the Jacks. Panic meter, uh, you can put that wherever, but that's my rant. Friday before y'all lost twenty-four to zero to the Jaguars, books like DraftKings had this line open at three and a half. And then immediately after that loss, they said, "All right, we're up to six, we're up to seven. and it got up to seven. And since money has come in on the Colts, and it's down back to five and a half. So like, book overreacted, and people have bought the Colts down to five and a half. So, and like recently, as in three hours ago, and we're recording this at seven p.m. on Wednesday, September twenty-first. It's like three hours ago, the, the line moved from six and a half to five and a half. So yeah. who knows? Maybe Mattress Matt came in and just put a milli down on the Colts. I love the Colts here for the storyline, too, because one thing we touched on last podcast is when a team that's supposed to be good, right, loses and then they bounce back and then how the public reacts to certain things. Like when last year, it also happened this this week, last week with the Packers having really shit the bed and then they came back and demolished the bears and covered the 10 point spread the public didn't really believe in them i think there's so much but the public clearly doesn't believe in the in the colts right now because there's not enough there's not 66 percent on the on the on the chiefs is a significant number and i think that's pretty clear to me that vegas knows what they're doing and the colts have a, have a good shot of covering this line so I, I love this right now one last point and there's no stat or metric to back this but this is the classic colts oh you cannot hang with the shitty teams like the texans and the jags but then they go up against a monster like the chiefs 
or any like team that is in that season considered really good and they put up a really close game against them whether that goes in a win or a loss whatever but like this totally just screams like Colts are gonna lose right at the end of the game by like three points or something like that or they're blowing out the Chiefs and the Chiefs start making a comeback in the fourth quarter and then you start clenching your butthole a little bit a couple other games I want to touch on are some of the better games this week. We're going to skip over the Texans and the Bears. Phenomenal game, but <laughs> it would be interesting to see the, the red zone highlights of that one. But I want to talk about the Packers and the Bucks. If you guys had to guess, where would you think the public lies for, for this game based on what you've seen? The line right now is uh, one, uh, one point. I'm going to guess Packers. I haven't looked. Forty-seven percent of the public is on the Packers, but sixty-three percent of that money. The Packers have the sixteen sharp edge. Correct. The Packers have the sixteen percent sharp edge. The confident sharps are on the Packers, which I tend to agree with, even though the game's in Tampa Bay. It is a small line, so they basically just have to win. But that's an interesting trend because it's such a, a two powerhouses and more money still on the Packers. I don't know if that's an overreaction to the Bears, the demolishing, but we'll see. Interesting to me because that Packers defense, um, especially their run defense so far this year, is graded out to be the second worst run defense. Um, and tackling is the second worst tackling team through two games. Obviously, small sample size. And they're not going to be that bad. They're supposed to have one of the better defenses in the league. So it should bounce back. But I think it's going to be a good game. I think it'll be a hell, hell of a game. So we'll have to see where that where that line closes and how, how those lines close because I don't want to go against the Sharp. Totally agree. Uh, one thing that uh, we talked about earlier, and I think we're going to start trying to do in the future is having a spaces or something on Sunday mornings to where we can kind of ha- have the discussion with you guys and have you guys or whoever's listening, you know, talk with us and get up to date information so we can rather than giving you Wednesday stuff and just leaving it be till the article. I think that's something that we want to do. So look out for that stuff in the future and follow all our Twitters, which will be in the bio and all stuff and whatnot plugs shameless and everything. But that's that. Um, another great game is going to be the Bills and the Dolphins. Right now, I don't understand how this line is six points. I get that the Bills are much, better, might be the best team in the, NFC, in the NFL, but six points to a Dolphins team who can score points with the best of them is crazy to me. I'll let you guys react, and then I'll tell you the trends. Yeah, I'd be interested to see where the money and bets are on this one because, not to sound like the public, which I am, but, like, I want to take the Bills right here. The... I think the Dolphins' comeback was awesome, but, like, there's some podcasts I listen to where the first week they're shitting on Tua, and then this week they're like, oh, no, he's the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's like, what? Last week you told me he's a backup. So there could be some overreaction there. I, I really don't have but at the same time, everybody is, is high on the bill. So I'm, I'm intrigued by this one from a where people are betting standpoint. I don't have a play necessarily myself, even though my gut is saying, take the bills. I've got a few notes on this game. Um, I'm, I'm with you as far as the Miami doubt. Um, the bills open as a four and a half point favorite, and they're already up to six and a half. The bills so far this season have had one of the best pass rushes, or have had the best pass rush so far. Again, only two games, but Miami's offensive line has been very average. Um, and on top of that, Miami's, Pass coverage is ranked 29th, and their pass rush is dead last in the NFL this year. That doesn't bode well against a team with Josh Allen and all those receivers. The line is steep, but I might take the bait and take the bill. I know it's in Miami, but it's not like Miami's home field advantage is anything worth uh, 
or shouting about. Sorry to our listeners for, <laughs> that are going to Hard Rock Stadium <laughs> on Sunday, but um, uh, there's probably 12 of you guys there. So yeah, cool stadium by the way. Very cool stadium. Great stadium. I worked the national championship there one year. I mean, a beautiful stadium, but it it just doesn't uh, it doesn't have the attraction that Buffalo does as far as uh, a fan experience. So. Yeah, there might be more Buffalo Bills fan there. <laughs> Buffalo travels pretty well. I saw a really funny tweet this week after the Eagles game on Sunday, well, after both games on, on Monday. It said, America's infrastructure is not prepared to handle a Bills and Eagles Super Bowl. <laughs> that would be bad. That would, that would yeah, how, many, how many people do you think put tickets in on a Bills-Eagles uh, Super Bowl after the, after the last two weeks? I was actually thinking about that the other day. It's like people probably went ahead and threw the, some of those in. So I hate to say it, but history tells us something is going to go wrong with with one of those teams. Oh, for sure. But we'll we'll see what what happens. Go birds. Everything will everything will work out. But let me tell you the stats. So, seventy five percent of the bets are on the Bills. Eighty one percent of the money. So they've got plus six percent sharps and a lot of pub a lot of public confidence, a lot of money, with currently twelve thousand six hundred bets in. That that high confidence range for the public scares me because. We, we, we're known to fade the public. The the 6% shows indecisiveness for the Sharps. That's that's where I'm at. I, I'm interested to see that where this one will go. I, I'm excited to bet it because it'll be a great game to watch. I think there'll be a lot of points. What's the what's the total in that game? Uh, total in that game is, I can tell you, um, I see 52, 52 and a half. half. Yeah, yep. that's what I've got. Trend two to note is that the the Bills are three one and one ATS in the last five meetings of these teams. These guys play each other twice a year, so that goes back about two and a half years by my quick maths. There, actually, they weren't really that quick, but <laughs> yeah. So that total is at eighty percent of money on the over and seventy nine percent of bets on the over. So maybe go under, <laughs> even though this is just one of those ones where it's like you, it has to go over. So it's like it's going to go under. Yeah, that makes me not want to touch it though. Like the Bills scare me that <laughs> this this team this team is scary like people are already talking about this and albeit like if this does happen every now and again where after two weeks people are like oh if they get past this game then this could be an undefeated team right here but uh they're insanely talented i don't want to get the undefeated talk going you could tune into espn or any big network and hear about that but uh you you have to admit that these guys are really scary so oh, I, sure. I don't know if I want to do an under just based on that alone. They do have a very, very good defense. I said in my preview to the NFL season, I thought the Bills were going to go 14 and two or 14 and three rather. I think they they're the best team in the NFL. I don't know how. We'll see what happens in the playoffs. Josh Allen is too good. Defense is absurd. They're fun to watch. So the guys at all three levels defensively that scares me for Miami. Miami obviously has the two speedsters out wide, but I just don't think they'll be able to protect. Too uh, long enough. Not against Von Miller and those guys. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm interested to see where the line closes at if it'll go above seven. Yeah. I can start tweeting things out like that. But that's about all the games that I wanted to touch. We can, again, we can deep dive all of these things and we'd love to, but I also want to be weary of your guys' time and, and make sure that we're getting things done in an efficient manner. So please let us know, tweet us, do it, do whatever to, so we can keep you guys informed, keep you guys in the loop as we go through all this awesome information. Yeah, and if people want to deep dive, if, if people want to hear us deep dive every single game, tell us. Like, if if unless or if you guys want like a quick like this is this is what we want to hear. Give us your top three four games, then then we can do that. I think Absolutely, it's uh, yeah. we're looking for any feedback from you guys as we get this thing going. We'll transition now, kind of from the best the previous weeks in the NFL and or 
in future weeks in the NFL and move to the a segment I want to do every week where we highlight community members' bad beats. And something that we all talked about last week was our worst beats that we could think of. And we'll continue to do that in the future as terrible things happen. Like any one of those games from the Jets, you know, or the or Pat's crazy parlay would have been a bad beat had we been on the other side. So but yeah, I want to keep doing this as much as we can to get you guys involved, to get you so we can feel your pain with you and we can all win and lose together as as better should do. So uh, to my knowledge, Andy's got a, a good community members uh, bad beat from last week. So I'm excited to excited to hear this one. Yeah. So shout out to this community member, my brother, who gave me this bad beat. He had the Troy Trojans plus three and a half live after they went up in the first half. The, I believe the line closed here at Troy as a plus six and a half dog. Maybe maybe it closed at seven. I I I got an app state minus six and a half before the game because I felt like having game day there and everything would be great. But his was much more of a bad beat than this because his his, his live bet did not end very well. So Troy was tied with App State seven seven after one and then outscored them fourteen to seven after two. And they were dominating a hungover-looking App State squad that had just come off such an awesome win against, against Texas A&M. And then App State puts up 10 in the third. Troy scores in the fourth. And it's like, all right, like, this, this is done. Troy is going to win the game because Troy had the ball with just a few seconds left. There's about, I think, 30 or so seconds left on the clock. Troy runs the ball from about the 20 to 15 yard line and runs it backwards. And they end up like forcing a safety, but they burn about like 10 seconds off the clock. Um, I think the clock read 26 seconds once App State finally had the ball after Troy put a safety upon themselves, which is so stupid. I mean, we last week we had uh, Nathaniel Hackett doing something absolutely dumb. And now we have the Troy Trojans. So shout out to both those Nimrods. I cannot believe that we're still having to talk about clock management where there are probably 10 year olds who play Madden every day that can manage a clock better than some of these coaches rant over anyways App State gets the ball back and it's still like very far-fetched like they need um at that point they could get a field goal to, top, to win the game because it went from 28 to it went from 28 to 24 to 28 to 26 after the safety and then App State it's like in the middle of the field, not even close to field goal range. A couple seconds left. It's like, all right, they have a Hail Mary. Like, Troy's won the game. Throws the ball up. <laughs> the ball gets batted into the air. Receiver grabs it. Like, the guy in the back of the uh, pile of guys then runs it around the group of guys and into the end zone. And everyone storms the field because everyone was still <laughs> so high energy as well as sleep deprived because apparently thousands of students had camped out the night before for college game day. So... Plus three and a half, dead because it's 32-28 final in Boone, North Carolina. What a game. What a bad beat. That is also why if you're going to live bet somebody, don't, don't always live bet a, a line that might be less than uh, what it opened at. That's an incredible story. I mean, wow. It's crazy to, to – that's like – I wouldn't expect that happens. I feel like it happens every week, even even though I would expect it happens like once a year, like a safety into a, a crazy touchdown. With, 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 how much time was on the clock? 38 seconds. I think they had 26 seconds, like when the ball got kicked to them. Um, yeah, they kicked it off and then 
App State had a couple chances to get in field goal range, couldn't get it there, and, and the Hail Mary deflection catch and run around was what got him there. People were, like, coming out of their seats as the guy crossed the line. It was nuts. Those people were probably all drunk and sleep-deprived. <laughs> I don't blame them. I mean, would you not? That was That's an incredible game. Yeah, I it, you have to bury me on the field after that one. Pour one out for our fallen soldier, E, community member, bad beat haver. I'm sure he, this won't be the first time that we hear about one of his bad beats. No, yeah, he loves making big parlays and then, like, one or two of the legs lose, so... There will be plenty of bad beats to be had for sure. I'm like, if you bet them all straight, then you would have been five and two. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Andy. That was that was a great one. To my knowledge, Rick also has one for us. Yeah, I've got a good one from the early slate in college football on um, on Saturday uh, between Purdue and Syracuse. Uh, two good offenses, bad defenses, uh, but I still took the under. It was a little too high, so under was sixty and a half. I'm going into halftime. The score was nine to three. I only had 12 points at halftime, so I had to have um, less than 49 points in the second half, which was looking great after the third quarter. Um, it was score was uh, 10 to nine, or not 10 to nine, 10 to nine. Uh, so 19 points. So less than 42 points in the fourth quarter, and I'll be damned if they don't score exactly 42. <laughs> touchdown to begin the quarter the second touchdown came with eight minutes left so i really needed less than 28 points in less than eight minutes uh but at, uh, a pick six on the first play of the ensuing drive and then another touchdown and then uh, a touchdown with 51 seconds by purdue to take the lead followed by a defensive collapse and a touchdown by syracuse to win the game with um with seven seconds remaining uh sealed oh the deal God. i was praying that they wouldn't kick the extra point because they were up one or they were up two rather and with seven seconds left, there was no way that Purdue was going to be able to kick a field goal. And so if they would have gotten the extra point blocked in return for a two points, they'd be tied. So I was like, maybe they won't go for the extra point. <laughs> That's where you're grasping for straws. Yeah, uh, you're, like, hey, you're like, come on. I was sitting there like, maybe, maybe. But then the commentator said it, and I was like, thank you, Greg McElroy. Thank you. I was, I was like, all right, so I'm not completely like out of the woods here. Um, but no, was still like just holding on by a string there. But I, I mean, a 42 point fourth quarter in a game that had 19 points going into it. I mean, fucking, that's, that's you know, uh, shout out to Al Michaels. That is an announcer that loves calling out a bad beat. It, it, whenever there were Sunday night games where like something was happening, where one, <laughs> like if you had one line and it just happened right at the end of the game, not necessarily a bad beat, but he would always be like, and this is definitely significant to some. He would always just throw <laughs> that in there. So I hope that he does that too with uh, with Thursday night football. Cheeky gambler himself, likely betting probably thousands of dollars because he's rich as fuck. The guy's a legend. I I, I love him. I like love Al Michaels. Him. My mom my mom thinks he's hot too. So shout out Al Michaels. Oh. <laughs> guy's like ninety seven. I'm like mom. He's old. Yeah, him and Chris with the with the slide in has been pretty iconic as of recently. So it's good. The last thing I want to talk about in this segment before we start closing out is I want to pour one out also for the overbetters in the Titans and Bills game. I mean, Bills put up 41 points. The line was 49 and a half. The Titans put up seven. It's just it's so sad. So sad. God. I don't feel sad. You're a sucker. Shouldn't have bet it. <laughs> <laughs> Unders forever, baby. Come on. So that, yeah, thank you guys for, for tuning in. I'll plug our Twitter so you guys can interact with us and, and and stay up to date on all this information because as we've been talking about and preaching on the pod, it's important to to 
take updated information into account, as we know. If you are able to make your bet as late as possible, unless you really like a line. But so I'm Deej at Deej HH Sports on Twitter. You got Andy at Andy HH Sports on Twitter and at Rick at Rick HH Sports on Twitter. We're all there. We're all active on Twitter. You guys want to say anything? You're laughing at me. I uh, just was stuttering over my name. Hey, <laughs> we're learning. As I said, did you not hear me say we were, we were learning? Learning how to speak, apparently. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, I'm, just yeah. Yeah, I, I'm learning about the uh, the record of the public range, 50 to 55% as well. So let's go. Yeah, Every appreciate y'all joining. This is a lot of fun. Have a good time. Hopefully, my uh, if if any qualify for the high spread, low total, um, it doesn't go over again. That'd be that'd be a nice uh, change of pace. Yeah, finding ways to be Vegas by losing—that's the way to do it. Yep. And I agree. We need to wait, but there's always value to grab early. So make sure to check out my early NFL bets column, where I will give you two to three of my early best bets at HappyHourSports.net. That's my sign off. HappyHourSports.net is the place to be. We've got a lot going on there. We've got a lot of ideas, and we're super excited to start bringing you guys all this stuff. So thank you again for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next week. The boys bet better with beer. Only at Happy Hour Sports. EA Sports. It's in the game. (laughs) Happy Hour Sports. The boys bet better with beer. Happy Hour Sports. It's in the 15% sharp. It's gone (laughs) 11-0. All right. Thank you, guys. You put that as an outtake. (laughs) Yeah, I will. Did you hear the outtake last time? I had all the oh no's in there. No, I did. You actually had turned it off. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You got to listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again for listening to our podcast. A lot of work goes into these episodes, but thankfully, we love that work. It would mean a lot if you could follow, rate, and most importantly, share the podcast. Share it with at least one or two people who you think would benefit from this information. Maybe it's your buddy who sucks at betting the NFL or someone who just started out. Remember, we are just starting out as podcasts as well and want to grow our community. We post weekly on Fridays and always come packed with information that you won't want to miss. So yeah, thanks again, and we'll see you in the next one.